Gracious Father, we praise you and we thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one of us whom you have brought in this place to hear from you. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you store for each and every one of us today. Father, we pray, help us to receive your word as you want us to be. Lord, you bless us. Bless us to bless blessings to one another. Amen. Let your presence be accepted, acknowledged, and received by each and every one of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Once again, my greetings to each and every one of you. As I always say, every day is a unique day. Do you believe that? Every day is a unique day. Today, we are in the third day of the third month. Is it not wonderful? As if we started the year, just we are in the third, third month. How wonderfully, beautifully God has led us. Before, when I stood at the end of the year, I said about something. 30, 30, 30. Do you remember? And 33. 30 years of, uh, 33 years of my service, 30 years of our anniversary, 30 years of this church, right? Today, another 33, 33 is there for us as unique. I do not know how it is coincide with one another. At the same time, as we sang today, I have no connection between the praise and worship on me. But God gave the message to us. It is very unique and very personal and very important to every one of us. Do you believe that? Yes. That's true. I do not know how it came to my mind, but when I am meditating the word, God put me, this year, you know, this year is the year of prayer. Right? Right? Yes. We are all tuned to that. We are going and playing level by level in our personal prayer life and as a church is building each and every one Build up our relationship with the Lord so that we will grow and grow. Basically, to develop our prayer life is always the more you pray, that will help you and develop your relationship intact with our God, our Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that? Right. Today, God has put me this word. The title of this message is, the presence of God. The presence of God. Maybe while singing, I do not know how many of you accepted and acknowledged and personalized the word or you sang meaningfully. But that is the word for each and every one of us. The presence of God. How it is important? Why it is important? What is the presence of God? Always we talk about it, hear about it, meditate, and speak about it. 
but the presence of god of course our god is omnipresent god he is present everywhere everyone believes it do you believe that god is present in everywhere there are two ways god is in everywhere and at the same time there is a difference god is here god is everywhere is different then god is here again another level if you go god is with me god is in me that's most important for us as a children of god amen amen our god is the living god the god, our god lives in us that's what we accepted so in there are scriptures in genesis 28:15 behold i am with you and i will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for i will not leave you until i have done what i have promised to you our god is the god of promise whatever is promised to abraham and he promised to isaac jacob this is the promise to him and that's what he said and he started our promise to th- this week also our god is the covenant keeping god and we claim that our god is the god of promise we are very much interested or eager to know the promise of god at the same time we keep on telling every promise is under there is a clause or precept for us to obey then only the promise will fulfill and another scriptures in the there are scriptures from the bible and uh, even the psalm we know in the fullness of god uh, the presence of god there is a fullness of joy right and there are much more than that it's not our this thing but today my presentation i the god god let me is from exodus 33 and verse 3 that is why i said today is the unique day there is something with 33 if we say 33 3 always we go to jeremiah 33 verse 3 and we are very fond of it but today exodus chapter 33 when i was reading this 1 to 3 then the law said to moses depart and go up from here you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of egypt to the land of which i swore to abraham isaac and jacob saying to your descendants i will give it verse 2 and i will send my angel before you and i will dry out the canaanites the amorite and the hittite and the perizzite and the hivite and jebusite go up to the land flowing with milk 
and honey, and I will not go out in your midst, lest I consume you on the way for you or your stiff-necked people. When I was going through this, what I came to my mind is, we, as the children of God, in this present world, always concern about the blessings. Blessings in the world, physical, spiritual, of course, even material. That's nothing is exempted. And uh, worshipping is whenever and uh, in this scripture, three things God has promised about his presence, not a presence, his provisions, his protections, and his provisions, protections, and his promises. He said, my promise is there. I will not take away my promise. As I promised to Abraham, I hold on to that promise. And my protection is there, and I will cast out all the enemies. And at the same time, the provision is there. I am taking you to the land where the milk and honey is there. Everything is there, except one thing. What is that? His presence. But when you know, when even in the promise of this week, uh, what we read it in Deuteronomy, before that, what has happened to his people, what is his promise? In the Deuteronomy, verse 7, verse 6, what, uh, chapter 7, verse 6 says, the same God, he said to his people, For you are your holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. That is his promise to his people. What is the promise? Who are the Israelites? The chosen one. They are holy people. And they are the people chosen by him for himself of his own and a special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 7, 6, I read it. But in this, what is, what is the, why the presence of God is important here? Some of the most frightening words in the Bible is this. His presence is taken away from his people. You know, in the beginning, in the chapter before those, even the 32, we will go for some of the scriptures. What are the experiences they have gone? They passed over. They were sanctified. They, and they are gone through the Red Sea. That resembles and a sign of our baptism, what we've gone through. This is what the scripture says. They were all sanctified and they are all gone through, baptized. And those people, God said, my presence may not be there with you. I'm sorry. Whatever I promise you, 
I hold on to my promise. Instead, what did he say? I will send his angels. He said, he will send his angels. That's what the scripture says. What it says in the 30, he said, I will send my angel before you. I will send my angel before you, but I'm sorry I'm not there. I will not come. So this is what missing in our, most of our life. Time and again, I do not know how many of you believe it. Time and again, of course, day after day or week after week, always I used to exalt, worship the Lord by sensing his presence. Worship God without acknowledging, understanding, knowing, and sensing the presence of God is win being. Same thing with your prayer life. Whenever, when we are talking about the prayer as to develop your relationship with God without sensing His presence, everything will be in vain. It is for, we will come back to us. So while Moses was gone, the history, background, the Moses was gone, his brother Aaron led the people in a revolt against God. The people gave Aaron their bracelets, the earrings, out of which Aaron, he made a golden calf, and the people worshipped. That's what we said in the verse th chapter 32. 30 and 32, if you read again, chapter 30, 32, in the previous chapter, 32 and 30, 30 and 32. What he says, now it came to pass in the next day that the Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin. That's important, the sin separated. And so now I will go up to the Lord, perhaps I can make an atonement for your sins. 32, what he says, yet now, if you will forgive their sins, if you not pray, you, if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. That is the prayer under intercession of uh, Moses there. But what we understand here, the because of the sin of the chosen people of God, God was very much upset and grieved and he said, I, my presence will not continue in your journey. Christian life is a journey. For some people it is a race, but for us it is a journey. And many Christians today do not have the conscious presence of God in their life. We should not settle for God's protection or His provisions or even His promises. Without His presence, when we have the presence of God, and we need nothing more. And we should settle for nothing less. So there are four things, four points for today, that will rob us, will teach us, how it will rob God's manifest presence in our life, and that are the enemy of worship and our joy, enjoying God's presence in our life. Number one, the direct disobedience 
of people the direct disobedience of his people yeah, that's what that's we read it from exodus understand it from exodus chapter 32 7 to 8 many people i'm not going to reading that word and just you open keep you open your bible and go through it many people confess faith in the lord jesus but do not have his presence in their life and they do not have the assurance of their salvation it may be looks different to you or it may upset you but what i am saying is true saying when we accept christ as the lord and savior some people they as if they are reciting and uh, confess before the servant of god or before god saying that forgive my sins and i confess my sins but what is the assurance you have or do you have the real experience within you of the conviction i don't know how to uh, explain to you that experience is personal our acceptance of my i am a sinner and i confess that that i understand and i believe that jesus christ is the only way who can forgive my sins with my sin i cannot make it even and on this world i am not chosen for that even though i am born in this world so when when we come to realize that it is within us not somebody has said we should understand every individual when we compass before god and we should have that assurance it is true it is by faith but in faith in relation to our personal understanding and sense that means um by your relationship we will know by and uh, that's how i want to guarantee that and uh, there are scriptures for that 1 john 4:13 is there and romans 6:8:16 you just you can make it down secondly when we willingly unknowingly disobey god we grieve the holy spirit in our days as it is seen in the old testament the presence of god it is more practical in our life in the new testament how do we conform and understand the presence of god is in us is only the spirit of god is in us with us and in us the holy spirit of god who live in us that is the manifestation of his presence even in the beginning what i said us there is a vast difference between god is among everywhere but god is here within me it makes the difference how do we know that is the manifestation of his presence in every way and every walk or every word of your life that makes the difference than the others so ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 
I'm not reading all the scriptures because of the time. There is much more to tell. Just note down that. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we then quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. It is not right to grieve, make it grieve, and to quench the Holy Spirit of God who is in us. If you do so, he will depart from you. And we become empty. There is no point in saying that I am a believer, I am a saved person. So, there is something you have to come. The Holy Spirit, then, the Holy Spirit to us, what the pillar of cloud and the fire was to the children of the Israel in Exodus 13, verse 21 and 22. Let me read it for you. Exodus 13, that you have to read. What is promise? 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in the pillar of fire to give them the light. So as to go by day and night. Verse 22. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. What guarantee it is. How confidently God led his people with his presence. Such a God, he said, I will not come with you. Is it not so sad? Is it not our experience? So, when we deliberately disobey God, the lesson for us, when we deliberately disobey God, we grieve the spirit of God. We will quench the spirit of God. And when we do so, God ceases to be real in our lives. And we can even doubt our salvation. This is the lesson for the people, those who believe, once saved, ever saved. If there is anybody, anybody, for you, the lesson is, it is not once saved, ever saved. You saved once for all, uh, once in a while, a long back, maybe 10 years or 30 years or 40 years. If the presence of God is not in you, if the Holy Spirit of God is not dwell in your life, your salvation is out. That's what. What is, see, the very purpose, the, big, the, the very purpose, the belief of a Christian and those who are sitting here is, and all your effort, whatever you do for the kingdom purposes, sharing the word, making the word, working for God, preaching the word, singing for him, and whatever you do it, we are doing unto the Lord. Ultimately, the expectation is, we wanted to make it heaven. If that is not guarantee, 
because of our sinful nature. What is the point of doing all these things on this earth? Everything is going to be in vain. The point is, we should keep ourselves pure and holy and led by the Spirit of God. That's why always I used to tell those who are lived by the Spirit, one sign is, they will live in peace. Whatever they do, that's what the promise came to us in the beginning. If you give the strength to the Lord, if you bless the Lord, God will give you the strength, God will bless you with his peace. That is a sign of a Christian for doing everything on this earth. Secondly, the, whole, the person who is led by the Spirit of God, he has always the sensibility of committing sin. If I speak something harsh with somebody, if that hurt, the Spirit will convict me. What you have spoken is not right. The language is not right. Your tone is not right. Your inner attitude is not right. Assuming things you are committing sins, that may please somebody, but you know by yourself what you said it, what you did it, is it's a sin against God. It may not seem to be against the person, but between you and God, that is a sin. Who will remind that? Who will give that caution? Only when you are sensible to the Spirit of God. That's why I said, the presence of God dwelling in us. Having the experience of the Spirit of God living in us is most important blessing than any other thing in the world. That's what I want to say. You may be thinking that I am preaching for somebody else and it is only for you. No, I have gone through this. I used to, those who are studied in our experience in God or the mind of Christ classes, I used to share all my personal testimonies. God has blessed us plenty of money. I am coming from, I, 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 I always used to tell God, as you created man on this earth, from the dust God made Adam. Adam. In the same way, God has brought me from the, from the dust, but God has blessed me in this way. And I used to say all these things. Take away everything. Take away everything. Because they are not going to be with me forever. Or I am not going to carry anything from this world. But more than everything, your presence is most important. So you speak to me. I wanted to hear from you. Without you speaking to me, providing everything, I do not want it. I said. God confirms it. That's why I am challenging before you. Whenever, wherever you pray. Pray sensing his presence. Bring down his presence. Another example I will tell you. Why it is most important? Suppose you are in your house. Husband and wife or your children. You wanted to tell something to your spouse or your children. They are in a different rooms. Maybe in the hall you are in the kitchen. You wanted to convey the message to your spouse or your children. You are in the kitchen. Can you speak just everything to who is in the bedroom? You will bring the attention. What I want to say, bring the attention of that person. You will call them. My brother in our home, one of my younger brother, always whenever he come from out, he used to call my mother. He straight up will go to his room and he will call my mother. 
she will be in kitchen very busy and she will run then he will tell please i want a cup of coffee he should have been tall while coming i wanted no he wanted the personal attention to him so in the same way when you pray bring the attention of god assure that get give the guarantee that god's presence is there you are praying it is everybody can pray any time we can pray but without the presence of god when you without sensing the presence of god if you pray it is not worth or it is not that much valued it is not all the time possible because of because we are living in a very busy world time skills you but still god expects your time with his presence he desired that he deserved that and we should have the desire in our hearts to be with him forever every day our experience with him is most important than everything what is god has provided you may value or estimate because of the material blessing what i have god has blessed me god has concern about me god is very much pleasing to me and whatever i am doing is it is god who bless my hand that's why i have all these things forget about all those things that is nothing any worldly people even unbeliever non christians having those things better than yourself don't evaluate your god's presence in you or your relationship with god based on the material or a possession or the or the position what you have forget about all those things the worldly people are having much more than you but we as a children of god not those things is we are valued than the very presence of god in our life you may have nothing you may even have a very basic food you may have a very simple house or you may not have a own house on this earth but if god is with you if you are sure and guaranteed that god is with you and you are going through his experience day by day your communication is always frequent and that the the frequency of your relationship of your communication develop your relationship with him have a very intimate and intact relations with god that has to be developed that's most important than any other thing on this earth amen secondly divided the second pause uh, second uh, second point is divided devotion or idol worship that's what happened in uh, exodus 32 verse 4 so what is an idol what is an idol idol is anything i will go fast anything we love more than god idol is something anything you fear more than god idol is something you serve more than god idol is something more you trust more than your god right idol is not something what the israelites made on the desert and uh, with the aaron the golden calf no it is not the picture it is not the statue you may be thinking that i have no statue i have no picture only the scriptures are in my home 
Dear brothers and sisters, hello. Right, thank you. Anything you love more, anything you fear than God, anything you serve than God, anything you trust more than God, all are idols. And anyone or anything that takes precedence in your life, then God is an idol. Anyone or anything that has a greater controlling factor or of your behavior, then God is an idol. Who is taking precedence in your life? Who is taking control over your life? Is it your wife or your husband? Hello? Don't look at yourself. Who is taking control over your life? God can take control over life. Right? I don't think you accept what I'm saying. As if I'm telling to myself. Right? No. We give, that is, that is the meaning of surrendering ourselves and accepting him as a Lord and Savior. Hereafter, me, not me, Lord, it is you who has all authority, all power. It is not only to worship God, you have all power, all authority. You should have all authority, all power on your life. That is the meaning of it. When you say, right? And is there any relationship that means more than to us, than our God. Any relationship. None of the relationship is greater than our relationship with our God. And is there any treasure that means more to us? Is it your bank balance or your money or any other gold or any other thing of the treasure of this world? No. The greatest treasure is having Christ in my life. Is the greatest treasure on this earth. Right? The salvation is the greatest treasure for you, God's people. <clears throat> Anything that gets more of our attention than God is an idol. What is attracting you on this earth? Your time, how do you spend your time? If it is you are spending that time more than God, more than with God, that's an idol. That time became an idol for you. So, idol worship, that is called idol worship. That is why, because of their idol worship, God said, my presence I will take away from you. I will not be with you. Thirdly, this placed dependence. Third point. This placed dependence. What is that? When God gives us the victory and we give the glory to someone or something else. I hope you understand. That is why time and again whenever you wanted to give the testimony, give your names to your pastors. Why? You yourself, you do not know whom to give the glory. God has put us here. This place, this is the place of God. God who stands and speaks. Even God will bring you here. You cannot come and hear and blah, 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 something and it is done by this doctor, that doctor, this person, this pastor, that. No! 
whatever it is whatever the e wherever the healing comes from unless the lord heals you you may not be healed unless the lord provides you you may not receive everything because our god is the provider so we should very much concern about glorifying god for everything so if that glory is shifted that's why what they said it even that word verse 7, 32 7 and 8 what they said the lord said to moses go get down for your people whom you brought in the land egypt they have turned verse 8 they have turned aside quickly out of the way which i commanded them they have made themselves a modeled calf and worshiped it and sacrificed it and said this is your god o israel that you brought you out of the land of egypt who brought him from the bondage and the, from the egypt it is god who brought what they have said it this god what they made the golden calf by Aaron, they said this is the god who brought it see the shifted the glory is shifted the same way we do mistake we may be thinking that we are a believer for this many years no if you are not glorifying god for everything and giving that glory to someone else even if you say even the pastor pastors are humans don't mention any pastor or anybody any human on this earth so and so and prayed here and you are healed it is for yourself and god when you come here i was prayed god has healed that's it that's what pastor always used to tell i am blind i am see that is enough that is a slogan for and a short time for a testimony how how you should testify how should be your testimony and what should you testify that is a simple formula for you to testify don't come here and tell stories if you do so your presence the god's presence may not be there and you are shifting the glory to human than god and we then depend upon the other person or things rather than upon god and we will lose the presence of god in our life some of us we take medicines nothing wrong as for me in my understanding but keeping you healthy and giving you healing it is only from god not everyone who takes the medicines are healed not everyone who goes to the hospitals are living how many people are dying every day in the hospital do you think that every everybody cannot go that is one thing everybody going is not heal but we are different from all who is our strength who is our life he is the one who gives us the life our days are in his hand praise god for that fourthly determined disobedience Exodus 32 verse 9 I have to go fast 32 verse 9 And the Lord said to Moses I have seen this people and indeed it is a stiff-necked people that means they have deliberately did the sin they cannot be healed like so determined disobedience stiff necked people is the opposite of being meek and is there someone 
God has laid on our hearts to witness to or but it haven't witnessed to that person. God has led us to share the word and we don't do that. That is equal to that. And as God given us an impulse to serve the specific capacity but we don't we refuse it that is equal to that deliberate and god has laid something in our hearts that he wants us to give and we don't give hold it for yourself that is sin and he has laid someone on our hearts with whom we need to apologize and we have to reconcile if we don't do it we are reluctant and we are feel shame and proud of it that is sin before god if you do so presence of god will not be there in your life and god is telling us there is wrong relationship with some people if we have a wrong relationship and our life that we need to break off if you don't do your relationship always intact with god we are no other relationship on this is greater than our god so that has to be most important that has to be corrected we'll go fast quickly how to enter into his presence we know how we miss it the presence of god quickly these are all the four five points number one acknowledge his presence genesis 28 verse 16 everywhere you go god is right there acknowledge him his word tells us to knock and the door will be open seeking so that he may be found acknowledging his presence will help you preventing or committing sin wherever you go you should acknowledge the presence means you will have the fear you may be behind your people you may be away for thousands of miles from your parents or your pastor or so on but as the psalmist says his presence even if you go to heaven or the hell god is there to watching that should be our conscious we cannot go hidden from his presence he is there acknowledge it that will keep you safe and sound secondly prepare your heart through confession psalm 51 verse 10 to 11 uh, 10 to 12 and uh, ask god to reveal to you the sin in your heart and your actions ask him to forgive and cleanse you and approach god in a quiet place acknowledge his presence and ask him to draw closer unto you always i used to tell the people about the prayer we may have a different prayer family prayer is good a corporate prayer is good the church prayer when you come it is good none of the prayers are greater than your personal prayer why in your personal prayer only you can confess your sin to the lord and ask his repent ask for his forgiveness and you will repent before him he will forgive you the peace of god will fill your heart when you come here in the midst of others you may not for ready you are not ready to confess your sin openly who will come and tell here i am a sinner i have done this 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 no it is not possible with everybody but go to your closet confess before the lord keep yourself right with him 
then the presence, you can sense the presence of God. Thirdly, remove distraction with the fasting and prayer. If there are many things, I cannot go under the list, but whatever it is against, it go, close, go, go to your closet and ask the Lord under whatever is distracting, many, any habits, deliberately you are doing it and you are trying of your best, no one can help you. Don't worry. Fast and pray. All these things will be removed from you. You can develop the relationship with God. Welcome, fourthly, welcome his presence with praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 2 and 5. Always learn to thank God for what he is to you. When you have that, develop that attitude in you. Thanking God for everything. Thanking God for what he is to you. That will fill your life, uh, fill your heart, joy, peace, and also your life become very light on this earth. There may not be any burden in your life, whatever you think so. Right? Fifthly, wait upon, wait when you pray. Wait, pray, and listen. And it is a very hard thing for us to wait. And if it is a God is delay, we think that uh, uh, God is not answering. But, dear brothers and sisters, to sense the presence of God in your life, you have to, when you pray, you have to wait, and you are ready to listen from God. It is not one way. Always we know from our experience, prayer is not monotonous. Prayer is a relationship developing conversation or a communications. Time and again, pastors used to exhort you. You have to take that and practice it. Then you will see how the word, the, how the presence of God is in you. So, with this, I will conclude. The conclusion is, Moses did not want to go without the Lord's presence. He was pleading and pleading for, he said, even take my life, blot my name from the book of life. But the same God, you know what did he say? His presence. He said, my presence will go with you. That is the promise. Verse 14 of 33. Then after his prayer, God answered to Moses. And he relented to what he has said. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That is the promise of God. Whatever we heard, yes, he said, I will take my presence. I will provide you everything. I am a promise of God. I am the provider. I am the one who protects you. But my presence is not with you. But the same to the same God, Moses interceded. And pleaded with God. And he said, what is the, what is his problem? It is not God who is destroying all his people. For him, the presence of God is most important than any other thing. God said he will make you big nation. He, Moses for everything, he has gone, he has experienced it. He was, he grown up in the palace. He gave up that. He knows about life. But he left everything and came to follow Christ. God means 
that is most important than any other factor in our life and uh, he refused to go further steps and to lead the people but god heard him and god answered him and god again changed his word and said that my presence is go with you so my dear brothers and sisters whenever wherever you pray sense the seek the presence of god in your midst bring his attention then you pray that gives a great joy in your life may god bless you church let's continue to remain in an attitude of prayer you've heard the voice of god you've heard the cry of god's heart exodus 32 verse 33 says whoever has sinned against me i will blot him out of my book pray pray today pray right now that that eternal disaster will not be your portion or mine that your name will not be blotted out my name will not be blotted out from the book of life church pray this is serious this is serious this is not about your neighbor this is not a time for you to think that you are holier than your neighbor this is not a time for us to think that i am better than my neighbor this is not the time to think that all is well with me this is the time to go before god god's standards are high and god requires that you and i follow those standards otherwise we are at risk once written in the book of life is not always written in the book of life god said he can blot it out pray 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 that that will not be your portion or mine thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus father god we just don't want to take it for granted lord that everything about our life is right father god i pray lord that none of us will walk with blinkers thinking that all is well with us father god i pray lord that where cleansing is needed in thought in word in deed in whatever it is in our life lord father burn it out lord father burn it out of our lives lord father father god if you can just burn it out now lord father we will not have to roast in hell fire We thank you Lord for speaking to us. We thank you Lord for ministering unto us Lord. Give all glory to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. It's now time for the Lord's table so we prepare ourselves for the Lord's table. The Lord's table or the Lord's supper or the holy communion is something that the Lord himself instituted. It was established as a new covenant on the evening before the Lord's arrest, before his trial and before his crucifixion.
These events are recorded in all the Gospels, but are detailed best in the Gospel of Luke. Look it up when you go home. It's there in all the Gospels, but it's best detailed in the Gospel of Luke. And it's also well detailed in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And that's what we are going to be using. So shall we turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And let's read verses 23 to 28. 23 to 28 of chapter 11, 1 Corinthians. And this is what Paul writes. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now before we come forward and before we pray, let us very briefly try to understand what the Lord's table is all about. It might be something that we are doing very religiously, very regularly over time. But as in everything else, do we understand what the Lord's table actually means? You see, one thing is for sure, and that is this. It never was, it never is, and should never be considered a ritual. It is not a ritual. It is not something that is just done on the first Friday of every month in this area. It is much, much more than being a ritual. Now, the first prerequisite for partaking of the Lord's table is given in Paul's introduction to the Corinthians when he is about to teach them about the Lord's table. The teaching starts from verse 23, but before that is the prerequisite. So if we will turn our Bibles to chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians and read verses 18 to 20, what do we get? This is what spoke, Paul spoke first. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So prerequisite number one in Paul's words is there should be no divisions amongst us. There should be no factions amongst us. If we are coming to take the Lord's table, 
we need to be united as a church. We need to have no divisions of any kind, of color, of caste, of creed, of nationality, of education, of finance, whatever. But we need to be united as a people, as a people of God. That is the first prerequisite. Talk to yourself. Are there divisions and factions amongst us right now? Are we truly one united body? Where do you and I stand on this? The second prerequisite is given in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. The crucial question to ask at this point is, do you know the Lord personally? You see, you cannot sit for an intimate meal with strangers. The Lord's Supper was when it was first instituted, was the most intimate meal that Jesus Christ had with his disciples. It was a private meal. It was not feeding the 5,000. It was an intimate meal. If you have to be a partaker of the Lord's table, you have to have that intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be a stranger, and the Lord cannot be a stranger to you and to me. So the second prerequisite to partaking of the Lord's table is, do you know the Lord personally? Month after month, this is mentioned, that if you are to partake of the Lord's table, you need to be a born-again believer, water-baptized. This is not a ritual. This is a prerequisite. Do you know the Lord personally? Ask yourself that question now. For the last 45 minutes, you have heard. You might say that you know the Lord personally, but has the Lord departed from your presence? Ask yourself that question. If you know that the presence of God is with you and you are an obedient child of God, you are ticking the second prerequisite, which is, do you know the Lord personally? The third prerequisite is given in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And as we examine ourselves, the instruction is examine yourself. So as we examine ourselves, consider what the Lord said and did even as he instituted the Lord's table. And we get that insight from verses 24 and verse 25. Again, verses that many of us will be able to rattle off verbatim without opening our scriptures. And I will paraphrase verse 24. 
Remember my body that is broken for you. This is what the Lord said. Remember my body that is broken for you. Jesus Christ was whiplashed. He was bruised. He was ripped apart. And he, he hung on that cross so that you and I don't have to burn in the never-ending flames of hell. Examine yourself. What have you and I done to be worthy of such sacrifice? Don't look at me. Examine yourself. Allow me to examine myself. Remember my body that is broken for you. And in verse 25, we have the second reason. Again, I'm paraphrasing. Remember my covenant with you through the shedding of my blood. Remember my covenant with you through the shedding of my blood. You see, with his blood, the Lord Jesus Christ has established a new covenant with you and with me. So what's the difference between the old and the new covenants? If you go to the book of Exodus, you have the old covenant. The old covenant required an absolute observance of the Sabbath day. It required an absolute observance of the Sabbath day only. And obedience to the law of Moses. The new covenant is of a much higher standard. It requires us to show a daily life of complete faith in Jesus Christ. A life that is holy. A life that is faithful. A life that is totally obedient. A life that is perfect in Christ. That is what the new covenant is all about. You and I. Are we part of that new covenant? Are we living lives that are holy? Are we living lives that are faithful? Are we living lives that are obedient? Are we working towards a perfection in Christ? The promise for this week simply stated, God keeps his covenant. The question is, what about you and me? Do you and I keep our part of the covenant? Are we living perfect lives? Are we living holy lives? Are we living clean lives? Are we living obedient lives? Are we faithful? Do we trust the Lord? Do we seek the presence of God at all times? Take a moment to examine yourself. Where do you and I stand with Christ's standards of the new covenant? Those are the three prerequisites. Number one, are there divisions amongst us or are we united? Number two, do you know the Lord personally? Number three, examine yourself. Let's just pray for the the elements that we are going to be taking. To all of us who are going to be taking, 
who all of us who have ticked the boxes for the prerequisites, let's pray for the bread and the wine. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for forward for us, Lord. You have made it possible, Lord Father, that even as we share of your bread and the wine, Lord Father, we will remember that your body was broken for us, Lord Father. We will remember, Lord Father, that you shed your blood to set up a new covenant with us, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will not take this for granted. Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us who partakes of the bread and the wine this day, Lord Father, will, be will, will realize that we are in a privileged position. We thank you, Lord. We give glory to you. Father God, I pray for every one of us who's going to come up here, Lord, and pray, Lord, that even as you bring us here, we will have rejoicing in our heart, Lord Father, because we are part of your presence, we are part of your kingdom, and we feel your presence, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord's table is for all those who believe in unity within the church. It's for all those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, obeyed him in the waters of baptism, and, and it is for those who have right now examined themselves and confessed any wrongdoings to the Lord. If you have done this, if you have not done this, if you do not meet the prerequisites, please abstain from the Lord's table and please meditate on the Word of God. Look at your own lives and consider receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. For those partaking of the Lord's table, the ushers will guide you as you come forward. And as you come, have an attitude of gratitude as you come forward.
15. This was the word that the Lord gave me earlier while worship was taking place. John 21 verse 15. When he had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? I want you to take one minute, one second, and tell yourself loud. For example, Claudie, son of Stanley, do you love these more than me? I want you to bring forth your name. The Lord is talking to you. Call out your name, your father's name, and say, do you love Jesus more than these? One, two, three to go. Claudie, Son of Stanley, do you love Jesus more than these? It's a very deep question to ask yourself. The message was perfectly right to this word. All the things that we have in our life, is Jesus more important than them 
or they are more important than Christ himself. In your friend cycle, in your work, in your personal life, at home, everywhere around you, who is Jesus? Is he the center of your life? I want you to bow your heads at this moment and say, Lord, if you are not the center of my life in all these areas, forgive me. I want to love you more than these. More than my husband, more than my wife, more than my children, more than my work, more than my body itself, and more than the pleasures that I have in life. All the pleasures that I have, Lord, help me to love you more than these, Daddy. Everything that is around me, give me grace that you will be the center of my life. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we ask you, Lord God, give us the grace that we will love you more than these. Help us to carry this word to this week, Lord God, and all the days of our life till you return to love you more than these. Father, give us the grace. If we are struggling in this area, help us, Lord God. If entertainment has taken more time, our work has taken more time, our family has taken more time, the things around me has taken more time, forgive me. I want to love you more than these. Father, we say thank you for your word today that was spoken, Lord God. Father, we pray more of your anointing upon our pastor, Lord God. New revelations upon him, Lord God. Father, we pray, Master, in the name of Jesus, that you will bless him and his family. Use him in a mighty way. And as he sits at your feet, we pray that you will reveal your word. Reveal your word, Lord God. Father, we pray, Master, for signs and wonders to follow, Lord God. Father, we pray that every word that was spoken today will bring forth fruit in our life, Master. Father, we thank you for the bread and the wine and the communion table, Lord God. Bring health to us, Lord God. Restore us, Lord God. Do not cast us away from your presence. And Father, one thing we pray, if your presence doesn't go with us, help us not to move from this place, Lord God. We want you more than anything else in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we could uh, share the benediction, the doors will open on my left. And please exit quickly. We have the next congregation coming in. Let's share the benediction. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. One more time. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. For the last time. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters.